Section 3 of Captain Billy's Whizbang, Volume 2, Number 13, October 1920. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Captain Billy's Whizbang, Volume 2, Number 13, October 1920, by W. H. Fawcett. Golightly Highballs by Rev. Golightly Morrill, Mexico. V.C. in Veracruz stands for Venereal City. El Dictamen is the leading newspaper. It has only four pages, yet whole columns are filled with advertised cures for scrofula, syphilis, locomotor ataxia, and all the rotten ills that licentious Latin America is heir to. The space we give to weather reports on the front page or to special news with extra headlines is given up here to nauseating advertisements. The first thing one sees as he enters the plaza are billboards, walls and buildings with sure-cure advertisements. L.A. in Latin America stands for licentious animals. In Veracruz, the principal male pastime is to talk about girls and not of God. From 4 p.m. to 2 a.m., men sit in the Plaza Portales, drinking, smoking, and talking about the women who pass by. The leading subject of town talk is girls, the one they went to the movie with last, the other one the night before, and the one they hope to get tonight. The people make themselves a sewer for immoral filth, court the devil lust that eats and burns up their blood, are spendthrifts of body and soul, waste their inheritance to purchase dirty, loathed disease, pawn their bodies to a dry-rot evil, make themselves patients for Lust's Rendezvous, a hospital where their bill of fare is pills, not beef, and the doctor's bill is longer than the moral law they have violated. What I have written here about Veracruz morals applies to the rest of Mexico, where conditions are the same or worse. The Ten Commandments are little in evidence in the country, and free love prevails with the fruit of 75% of illegitimate births. A respectable bachelor is not qualified to enter society until several children call him papa. Few men are without a separate establishment for affinities. Honolulu The Hawaiians are out and out in their dancing. They do not gloss it over, and wear no hypocritical fig-leaves. They do not throw masks or mantles over their viciousness, under the guise of religious charity balls and philanthropic society parties. The hula is a hip dance, but the Hawaiians are not hypocritical in doing it. The dance is not sad or hippish, but one of joy. I have seen many dances, the Apache in Paris, Duventre in Cairo, the can-can in Buenos Aires, and with money here in Honolulu one can arrange with a chauffeur or at a hula house to see a hula combining all these vile and violent exhibitions. It is a composite of the compost of all dirty dances, most delightfully depraved, innocent of decency and shame, the dancers being quite careless about the exposure of their legs, arms, and charms. What captivating indelicacy, so disturbing to the looker-on. But this is not the native hula. 
there is sufficient of the sun and volcano without it. The whites have taken away the native naivete and added their own nastiness. As a physiological study, the dance is informing. In antiquity, these antics were a religious service, combining poetry, pantomime, and passion. The old edition of the heathen hula dance has been expurgated, but Christian footnotes suggest more. At one hula house I witnessed an unscheduled fight between several sailors who had quarreled over the charms of a hula girl with the result of broken heads, hearts, and furniture. The native proprietor welcomed us with characteristic Hawaiian hospitality. We could eat, drink, and stay as long as we pleased. All night, in fact, with his hula girls for company. I thanked him for his ancient, beautiful, and unbounded generosity, but told him I was married and a minister, although he seemed unable to understand why that should make any difference with me, since it made little to some of the local clergy and laity. One day at high noon, not night, I saw several native women bathing at Waikiki Beach. All they had on was a holoku nightgown that was as good as nothing when wet. Three white male strangers sauntered up from the nearby hotel, waded in, threw their arms around the girls, and were guilty of diverse familiarities. The girls didn't object to the conduct of the boys. I couldn't help seeing or thinking whether the fishes swam away or stayed and blushed all colors. Here was a freedom of the seas I refer to the Naval Board for Diplomatic Discussion. God's righteousness is like the great mountains. I often thought, as I marveled at the island scenery, that there are sermons in stones, but men do not listen. Summits preach high ideals and purity, but people are deaf, and nature's green only looks down on the mud and mire of lucre, lies, lust, and laziness. End of section three. Read by Rick Potenza, February sixth, two thousand twenty two.